Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible. And we, will pray, we pray now that uh, we would understand these words. We pray that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds, open our eyes to see, to hear, and to respond. Amen. I've told this to Tom, but uh, it is my nightmare. It is my worst dream to walk into church one Sunday morning and to discover that I had forgotten I was preaching. Now, before you start to worry, uh, it hasn't happened today. Uh, I was aware. I had, a, had this date in my diary for a few weeks now. But I would absolutely hate it to arrive at church and find myself totally caught out, completely unprepared, not ready uh, for this important task of teaching the Word of God. Now, some preachers would not be so phased, and they would have no problem. But it is my nightmare, because I never like to be caught out by surprise and find myself not ready. And so here we are today, and Christmas is fast approaching. And I'm going to ask the question, are you ready? Are you ready and prepared for Christmas? Let's have a show of hands, shall we? Who's bought some Christmas presents? Oh, that's quite a lot of hands. I've got my hands sort of up. Nothing really major, but I've got a few. Um, and what about some other presents? Um, who's ordered their turkey? Oh, no one. No one's ordered their turkey yet. And who's got the uh, turkey in the oven at the moment? Anyone? Why, why are you laughing? Surely you've done so. Surely... You've got the table laid by now, haven't you? And the crackers out and everything. So I saw it, sorry, I don't want to start a panic, but um, didn't you notice when you walked in this morning, there's been a, a time jump. You walked in and it was the 3rd of December, but now it's Christmas Day. Are any of you starting to panic? Don't you realize the relatives are coming in a couple of hours? Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you need to perhaps just get up and go? Well, don't do that. Well, thankfully, it is only the 3rd of December, and we do still have some days to get ready for Christmas Day. But already, aren't we? We're all doing this so far, aren't we? We are making preparations for Christmas because it's not a secret that Christmas Day happens on the 25th of December each and every year. Here's my 2024 diary, and let me just assure you that when I turn into December, Wednesday... 25th of December, I've highlighted it, Wednesday, 25th of December, will be Christmas Day. So you are ready now, you've got plenty of warning. Well, this morning, we're looking at one of Jesus' parables in Matthew chapter 25. If you want to have that open, it probably would be useful. It's page, I think, 1088 in those pew Bibles. And the parable is entitled, The Parable of the Ten virgins, ten sleepy bridesmaids, as some might call it. And today, as we do look forward to Christmas Day, when we hear the great good news of the baby born in a manger, when Jesus first came, this parable today is challenging those listening, are you ready for when Jesus returns again? Are you? Verse 13, right at the end, says, Keep watch. Keep watch, 
because you do not know the day or the hour. And that's very true. I always get a diary every year, and it never gives me the date or the time for Jesus' second coming. So are we all set and organized, ready and prepared? Are we watching out? Or are we going to be caught out, totally unprepared when Jesus returns? In the previous chapter, in uh, Matthew 24, Jesus has been speaking about the end of the age. The future time when the Son of Man himself will appear in the sky and all nations will see him coming on the clouds with power and with great glory. And Jesus says, no one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only God the Father. He goes on to say, as it was in the days of Noah, when that flood suddenly came down, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore Jesus says, keep watch, stay alert, because he will come back, that is for certain, but we don't know when. Now I'm sure most of us who take the Bible seriously will claim that, well, yes, of course, of course, of course we're ready for the second coming. And if you think about it, we sing a lot of songs, don't we, in church, which have words like, come, Lord Jesus. Effectively, we're saying, bring it on. Please come back. Come back right now. And if Jesus does come back at two o'clock this afternoon, would we really be ready? At least I wouldn't see Norwich lose again. Well, this morning, Jesus tells a story about the king, what the kingdom of heaven is like. He says it's like ten virgins, or as I've said, ten sleepy bridesmaids, who all considered themselves true believers. But did you notice, Jesus splits them down the middle. Verse 2, he says, five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. Now, most people in today's politically correct society would say it's, 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 it's kind of rude, isn't it, to call someone a fool? You simply can't say that to someone. You can't say, you're a numbskull, you're silly, you're stupid. But please, please don't take offence at Jesus' use of a certain phrase. Instead, listen to what he's really saying. Indeed, whenever we read a parable, it's important not to seek meaning in each and every single little detail. Instead, when we look at parables, usually there's a clear major point which fits the flow of the context. And that's what we're hopefully going to see today. Now, Jesus is not insulting half the virgins there. He's merely describing them as ill-considered or unwise. Because what did they do wrong? They had no oil for their lamps when they went out to await the arrival of the bridegroom. You could say it was a schoolboy error. It's like going to drive up to Scotland without any petrol in the tank of your car and without a credit card or, a, or cash in your back pocket to buy any petrol en route. Now, 
At an English wedding, you always have the bridegroom waiting patiently at the front of the church, waiting for the bride to arrive. And usually, the guests have laid bets on how late the bride will be. And if a few minutes start to pass, even some of them might start to think that uh, she's stood him up and she's run away. But in Jesus' days, weddings, you wait for the bridegroom. That's the norm. The celebrations would begin with the legal stuff in the uh, bride's house, and then you move to the groom's house for perhaps a whole week of fasting. Oh, sorry, of feasting, not fasting. So it's not unusual. It's not unusual for Jesus to speak like this, to tell this parable of waiting for the bridegroom. Now the contrast is there between the ten people, the ten virgins. Five of them went in, but they had no oil. And they're described by Jesus as foolish. The other five, they were described as wise because they took oil in jars along with their lamps. Well, it's clear that there's enthusiasm with all ten of them, isn't there? But enthusiasm is not the true test of being a Christian. All ten of them wanted to look the part. They were all keen to meet the bridegroom. And they all turned up ready for this special occasion. Ready? Ready? No. Half of them were not ready. Well, the ten virgins here perhaps represent the church. And some people are always seen in church every Sunday. But they're simply not ready for Jesus. And Jesus describes those people as foolish. And throughout the Bible, there are many other accounts, other parables, where people are called fools. Well, this morning, I do hope and I do pray that it isn't you. Well, it's not rocket science, is it, to know that you need oil as well as your lamp. The foolish girls were very happy to look the part without actually having any realistic hope of being ready for the bridegroom. And now verse 5. The bridegroom was delayed. He was a long time in coming. I was following Flight Tracker all day on Wednesday. Helen's flight from Freetown was due to depart at 5.40 a.m., and I really wanted to know it had left. Two hours it sat on the runway. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. So were, so were others who were following. You can imagine my frustration. I watched a film recently with the star preparing for her date, making herself all beautiful as she waited for the doorbell to ring. But it didn't. She got stood up. Well, Jesus says he's coming back one day, and now it's been 2,000 years. For the disciples, they thought perhaps Jesus would return in only a few weeks. But those weeks turned to years, and then decades, and now two millennium have gone. Some people might think he's never coming. They may have, they think they've been stood up. People might think, Jesus has ju just forgotten us. But the Bible constantly demonstrates 
we have a faithful God who always keeps his promises. And the Bible clearly promises Jesus will come back again. Now, the Christian life can be very frustrating because it is a long haul. And we have to keep going through the delay. And it is okay to be, a, to be asleep at times. Notice they all became drowsy. Jesus doesn't, doesn't criticize them for falling asleep. And that's a bit of a relief for me because the number of times I've fallen asleep. We once had a church meeting where the, uh, the previous bishop of uh, Rochester was there and I have to admit I fell asleep. Sorry. Jesus doesn't, doesn't criticize these virgins for dropping off, for nodding away. The difference was, were they ready when he came? At midnight, at midnight, the cry rang out, he's here, he's here, the bridegroom has arrived, come out and meet him. And so verse 7, all the virgins woke, they trimmed their lamps, and then it dawns, doesn't it? Then it dawns. Half of them, they're not ready, are they? They've got no oil. They're in a time of crisis. So what did they do? Well, they turned to the others and asked for a loan. And perhaps you've got sympathy here with the girls because they just say, no. Does that sound a bit selfish, perhaps? But the wise are just being realistic. If they share their oil, then no one will get to meet the bridegroom. There won't be enough for all ten of them. You see, readiness to meet Jesus can't be transferred. It can't be shared out like sweets. It is a matter of individual responsibility. So the foolish, they're told to go out and buy oil in verse 9. And while they're gone the bridegroom arrives and the door is shut. The ship has sailed. They come back, don't they? And they're sort of knocking on the door. And the bridegroom says, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. The foolish are excluded. It is a tragedy for them. They thought all was okay for them. They had their lamps. But in reality, they were not ready, and they missed out on the opportunity to join with the bridegroom. Jesus has a wedding list for heaven. He knows his friends, and if your name is written on that list, praise the Lord. If your name is in the book of life, then your place there at that banquet is firm and it's secure Others might think they deserve to have their name on the list. But it is missing. The problem was the foolish ones didn't really ever know Jesus in a personal way. And there's no gate crashing into heaven after the door is closed and the banquet has started. The wiser at the party, those who have truly loved Jesus, talked to him, served him, even if they have been asleep at times. So are you ready for Jesus' return? He will come back one day. Are you prepared? If you're told of an exam date, well, it'd be foolish, wouldn't it, not to revise as the day approaches? You almost deserve to fail if you're one of these people who might just wake up early on the day of the exam for a little bit of last-minute cramming. 
It's crazy, isn't it, not to prepare? If you're an accountant, you need to prepare for the end of year accounts, don't you? It would be foolish to fail to be ready. In fact, I think it's even criminal, isn't it, if the deadline is missed? If you're hosting a, a dinner party, now imagine the scenario that uh, you greet your guests, hang up their coats, accept their gift of chocolates, flowers, or whatever they bring, and then you run off to the supermarket to buy the ingredients of what you're going to cook for them. No one does that, do they? Now, Jesus' return has been delayed, but it is imminent. Are we prepared for when the king comes? Now, many years ago, I was honoured to be invited. Indeed, I was commanded by the Lord Chamberlain to a garden party at Buckingham Palace. The invitation told us that the gates opened at three. And we duly arrived in time, despite great difficulties that day, because there was a suspected um, terror attack that day in London. But we made it on time. And at four o'clock, what happened? The crowd start, and they start to move towards the steps of the palace, because we know at four o'clock, the queen was due to arrive. And duly, she did. At 4 p.m. precisely, the national anthem was sung, and then came the arrival of our monarch. Now, imagine if we had been late. Well, now, imagine certain people were being delayed because of that uh, particular day. But I wonder what reaction we would have received if we came along at, say, um, 6.30 in the evening and we'd knocked on the door at Buckingham Palace and said, well, I'm sorry we're a bit late, but can the Queen come out, please, and have a cup of tea with us? It's nonsense, isn't it? It's utter nonsense to even imagine we could meet the Queen if we'd, been mi if we'd missed the given time. Well, with Jesus, we don't know the time. We don't know the date or the time. Christians aren't given some secret invitation and told exactly when this will occur. And let me tell you, I'm very grateful Jesus didn't choose to return before the 25th of January, 1975. Some of you might think I'm talking about my birthday, and if you are, bless you, bless you. Um, but actually, that is the day when for the very first time, the penny had dropped. That's the day when I first prayed honestly and knew I needed forgiveness for, uh, for the way I'd lived my life. That's the day I committed myself to follow the Lord Jesus. So I'm glad. I'm glad for his delay for those many years before 1975. And I know Christians are frustrated by this delay. But actually, we do need to... Turn it round, brothers and sisters. Rejoice at the opportunities that this delay gives us to tell others to turn to Christ in repentance and faith. And whilst this long haul takes place, whilst many Christians suffer persecution or some other forms of tribulation, whilst there are many people who will just laugh against us, won't they? They'll laugh against Christianity and tell us that all religions are just the same we do need to be ready, don't we? We need to be ready for the promised return of the bridegroom, Jesus. How do we be ready? Well, we remain faithful. We remain faithful to our King. We need to continue 
our relationship with him. We need to spend time hearing his word, taking the Bible seriously, accepting what we read, and changing our lives according to God's will and and, and, and his ways. To be ready and prepared, we need to avoid those continual temptations to listen to the world, to walk in the counsel of the wicked. But instead, we should be people who delight in the Bible and let these words be our guide as we go forward. In the words of the Lord's Prayer, we need to ask constantly that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, this morning, brothers and sisters, let's ensure that we stay alert, that we keep watch. This morning, let's ensure that we're always prepared because we do not know when the day or hour will occur. But we know for certain, we know for certain, the Son of Man is coming back. Let us be wise. Let us not be found to be foolish. I asked, are you prepared for Christmas? Let me reassure you again, we do still have three weeks until Christmas Day. But amid all these preparations for Christmas, let's be ready and prepared for a more important second coming. Jesus said, verse 13, keep watch because you do not know the hour or the day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice, we rejoice at the certainty that one day the Lord Jesus will return. Help us, Lord, to remain watchful, faithful as we wait. Help us also to take every opportunity that through this delay to point others towards you. Help us always to be prepared and ready. Keep us away from temptations the influence of those foolish people. Help us always to be wise, to be focused on you and focused on your word. We know that you will come back because all your promises are true. Thank you. Amen.